0: Print the multiple, you know, it, it 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 changes things, it changes worlds, it uh it has it has the printed word has power.
1: Pine. Copper. Lime. Hello print friends and welcome to the fortieth episode of Pine Copper Lime the internet's number one printmaking podcast i'm your host miranda metcalf i release weekly episodes with people from all over the print world doing something a bit beyond the expected so if you like what you hear please subscribe on your podcast listening app of choice you can support pcdl through our patreon and our online print gallery you'll find a link in the show notes to both of these And so many thanks to those of you out there who have joined Patreon and purchased prints in the last few weeks. You all are amazing, stepping up during these COVID times. Printmaking forever, shun the non-believers. My guest this week is Raj Banag, a printmaker currently living and working in North Carolina. Raj makes large and exceptionally detailed woodcuts, which address the war on drugs, skillfully borrowing imagery, From everything from the news media, his Thai roots, and 16th century etchings by the likes of Peter Bruegel the Elder or Francisco Goya. He speaks passionately and beautifully about using his work to exercise the demons found in society and his own experiences. So sit back, relax, and buy the ticket, take the ride with Raj Benug. Hi Raj, how's it going?
0: Hey Miranda, how you doing?
1: Pretty good. All things considered.
0: <laughs> yeah, the world is a little, little topsy-turvy these days.
1: It is a little topsy-turvy. I was thinking before we got started that I've never done this before, but the world is changing so quickly. I feel like I should mark the date that we're talking <laughs> Like, yes. And I should be like, so this interview was recorded on March 24th at, you know, 6.15 p.m. Raleigh time. Um, 2020. 2020. Because, you know, this is the first post-pandemic interview I've done and the world is changing and I'm sure that we're going to get into the ways in which you and your art have been responding to that—it's podcasting in our strange new world.
0: And <laughs> thank you, thank you, Miranda, for having me. It feels kind of weird that I would be doing this on a, such a big print podcast because I am—I am like very obsessed with the. I'm obsessed with the apocalypse from like I feel like a scholarly standpoint. I, <laughs> I don't—I don't like believe in any of it. It's just interesting. I just find it completely interesting how. People can take, you know, an idea, run with it, and then just like really include a lot of other people and just like, holy shit, this got crazy. Like, you know, it's it's just, we have this, we have this pattern you can look through in art history and in history that like shows us, you know, this like collective madness, I call it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I feel like just hearing you say that little bit, I feel like I've just had... A light bulb go on to some of the aesthetic in your work <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to talk about that a bit a little bit later on but before we yeah. dive into the really juicy details would you mind telling everyone please um who you are where you are and what you do
0: so my name is raj banug i'm a artist and printmaker in durham north carolina I print. I do mostly relief prints. Uh lino cuts, but I can do I do woodcut sometimes for bigger stuff. And then uh do screen printing. I teach Oh I was teaching uh at Duke Create. They had this really awesome art program that they've they pretty much like canceled all classes mm-hmm. for the rest mm-hmm. of uh rest of the semester because of the, the pandemic, because of the, the Rona and uh <laughs> As they as they call it I know. on the street, I... call it that Rona, but uh, so I was teaching that, but I work on a farm also, and uh, yeah, I just print, and I'm currently working on a series of prints uh, about the war on drugs called "March of the Drugonauts, fantastical manifestation of the war on drugs.
1: Beauty, so tell me a little bit about. Growing up for you, where was that and what role did art play in your life during that time?
0: I grew up uh, in Montgomery County, Maryland, but also we moved a lot when I was young and we lived all all around uh, the D.C. metropolitan area and uh, we eventually landed in a town called Kensington, which is kind of smack dab in between much larger suburban areas of Maryland. And growing up, art was a was an outlet for me to I don't know to entertain myself when I was. We didn't have a lot of money. My parents, both my parents are from Thailand. Uh, at the time, my mom I think it was a, was she, when she had me. She was going to going to community college and working in various uh, kitchens and cleaning houses. My dad was a mechanic. When in Thailand, um, came here and was a mechanic. Worked for a good year for. For like, I think about 30 years. And then, uh, so we moved around a bunch and drawing was pretty much my way to make toys. Hmm. Like I would, I, I would create these, you know, I'd you'd see, I'd see toys, I'd see different like, you know, things on TV, I'd see like, you know, different monsters and stuff. And I would draw them on, you know, on paper. And then I would take that paper, I would glue it to a, like a piece of cardboard. And I would cut it out. That cardboard would sort have of had a little, little heft to it so i could like you know move it around i could i could like stand it up with stuff behind it and and so i would just have these like boxes of drawn like monsters and then yeah that's it it pretty much you know kept me entertained and then in in high in in school i kind of lost it was just it was kind of like a at the time it, i no one no one nurtured it i didn't know to nurture it or do mm-hmm. anything with it i was just kind of just kind of you know pass through the system just kind of let me just you know you just you can just be average and here you go now you're out in the world and then uh (laughs) at one point i did want to be i was like i'm gonna try to go to art school i've been drawing enough and i can be like like i like i have sketchbooks i've been drawing like i was drawing like still lifes of like parties or just like 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 doing like doing drawings of my friends just you know drawing like stupid you know high school stuff at the time you know i didn't what what did i know but uh a teacher who pretty much shot down everything I did. Oh. I was like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this. And it's was like, ah, that's, that's, I mean, you're the adult, I guess. I guess you're right.
1: Did they say why? Like.
0: Oh, was, there was too much drug, drug, <laughs> drug <laughs> reference in my work. Which is also, again, it's weird that like the prints I'm doing is all, they're all about drugs. And it's like, mm-hmm. those are the ones that people have been like, react, like reacting uh, the most too.
1: So the very thing that your high school teacher was saying, "This isn't going to make you a good artist," is the very thing that is have people have responded to the most in your work.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a. I don't. I don't want to say f you to that teacher, but you know, it's I like because I don't want to ignite. It's like you know, you did. You did. It was a big. You. You. You, you, you shattered me. <laughs> but I built myself back up. You know? right, I, I, right. That's what I like
1: There's something really to the fact that the people who challenge us and even the people who hurt us in our trajectory, they do give us opportunities to grow uh-huh. and expand and to find out what it's like to do something when you're not getting affirmation and when yeah. you really do have to, have to do it yourself. And so while part of you is like, yeah, fuck off, part of you too is like, But also, I learned some shit. Yeah, it's an interesting balance.
0: At one point, I think I I just, like, in my own mind, I just kind of was, like, I just had a shock of reality, I think, just being in California. Mm -hmm. I lived in California for, I went to, lived in Santa Barbara for a while, but I think there was something about California that just, like, it changed me, and I, I, like, I had to, like, leave it, I, like, had to leave it, I had to leave, like, america and it immediately and i mm. i went to thailand for for about a year
1: where in thailand
0: i was kind of all over the place i was in bangkok in chiang mai i was in ganchanaburi which is in the, the western part of thailand and then uh soon i spent some time at the beach you know as everyone does when you go, when you go to thailand i saw that you were at in chiang mai in all those dope 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 prince Sh- uh, studios
1: yeah, I've been to Chiang Mai um, several times for the printmaking scene there. It's incredible. I'm guessing that maybe you weren't, you didn't know about printmaking or it wasn't a big part of your life when you were traveling at it the was, time?
0: It, it so wasn't a big part of my life. you didn't get a
1: chance to visit, huh?
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm, uh, I did yeah. not. You have it to was, go back was... then, yeah. <laughs> but I will say the one thing I did in Santa Barbara that had a lasting, super, super long lasting effect, well, I did take my first print class okay it was a uh intro to print that was like what i like learned it kind of connected all these dots from like since i was like since i was a kid to like to that moment in time it was like oh my god all the drawings i re- or all like the ink i thought what i thought were ink drawings were just actually mm. just print prints yeah like and all like, it just all like clicked i was like oh my god like this changes everything because no one know that <laughs> i no one there was never, ever a print class offered to me or anyone who thought me to put me in that or I don't know. It was it was it was, it was so it was cool to find. And so when I found printmaking, it kind of was like, oh, my God, this this I need to do this stuff with this. This is good.
1: Well, I think that happens to a lot of people is that when they see prints just kind of out in the world through art history, through going to museums, through popular culture, they Don't necessarily know what they're seeing because they you don't get trained on it. You don't get told. You don't get told that M. C. Escher's tessellations are woodcuts. You don't get told that Andy Warhol's Marilyn is a silk screen. You know,
0: it's yeah. A lot of painter, a lot of artists don't know mm -hmm. what like. I mean, I feel like well, printmaking to me is like is it, it once I learned it, I was like, holy shit, this is a this is a combination of everything. You can it's so malleable, but it's so rigid at the same time. I mean, there's like there's ah, there's, so, there's so many possibilities with it. And, and it's, it, you know, that's why it's, it, it is an art in itself, but it, ele- it can elevate things and just really make them really just have a bigger impact. I don't know. This is just mm-hmm. print, print the multiple, you know, it it, it it changes things. It changes worlds. It, uh, it has, it has the printed word has power.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it almost feels like a secret history when you get to discover
0: it. And that's, and that's why that's what I, I feel like, you know, judging what what we're we're witnessing today you mm-hmm. know in this pandemic time like there's all there there is art that covers this it's not pretty mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> or like or times like this or like or you know administrations like this or like you know it's it, it's these things exist in a visual context we just don't it's not as it's been hidden over the last couple years you know it's a which i feel is 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 on purpose mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part but it's cuz it's, it's 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 a little too thought provoking sometimes you know it just gets – <laughs> you want you want to keep people people docile give show them, show them some 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 yeah. flowers
1: <laughs> show them, make them watch two and a half men oh man i think that some of us are sort of waiting for this huge influx of art that's reacting to this global tragedy that's unfolding Mm -hmm. both very quickly and very slowly at the same time Mm -hmm. in front of our eyes. Yet at the same time, so many artists in my life, and people that I talk to, and what I've experienced myself, is it's been so hard to make, like we're finally been given time to ourselves where we can't go to work. And it's almost like this is what we've always just asked for. Now we can finally it's make it work, much. but it's there's too much going on. Exactly, and so imbalance.
0: The imbalance. It's,
1: it's, it's a like weird it. like guilt about it because you're like, oh, this is what I've always asked for, but now I feel like I can't even work. But I think we just have to be so gentle with ourselves and with each other right now because it's not that humans haven't lived through pandemics, but we've never lived through them with the amount of travel and communication and images and connections and still connections. like you know, imagine like yeah.
0: some people who you know you're in your house and you just see oh what's going on with the neighbors what's happening over there you know yeah. like what's going on? you know <laughs> like you just thought like we don't we like you're in Australia and we can t- you know we can we can totally. we can talk during during this pandemic so we're like we're like it's like we're alone not alone it's like you know and uh but it's I oh, know there's, there's there's it's so it's just so it is a weird there's a weird it's a, there's a lot, of, a lot of bad energy. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people describe it that way because I'm someone who is by nature ridiculously foolishly optimistic. And so there's very few things in the world that I can't spin.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I can't spin this one. <laughs> like, well, this just yeah, looks that's... like shit. Like, <laughs>
0: it's true, and that's and that's what scares me. It's, just, it's, 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 it's during this time. It is, it is. You know, it, there is a there are a lot of unknowns, mm-hmm. but there are like still good things happening. Like, yeah, you know, it happening while like one crazy like one one good thing. Like my partner, she works in uh, in public health, and she is been working hard to f- make sure kids are fed during oh this because she's a she's a, she's yeah. a dietitian for uh, elementary school kids so she's like trying to k- make sure the next generation is well fed during this time of, of pandemic which is you know because that's so some of the some of the kids in the school she's working in only they, they get most of their meals from school and so it's just right. like ah like like how can i be Man, during this when like you know people are like doing stuff you know that's another thing too is like you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of moments right now to do good and it's like not that hard and I'm like it's like it's, that's pretty it's like we could we could we can do things to support people who are who are going through way worse you know Who are like there's a lot of a lot of a lot of blowback coming to the other color uh, the other end of this whole thing i think it's important to that we support people who are actively trying to you know, keep those lines, supply lines, the medical, like, you know, doctors, nurses, grocery clerks, you know, every, like people are trying to feed us and take care of us. Uh, It's it's, it's, You know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's such, it's so weird. It's like, it's, it's, and for me, it's like, it's brought in this whole new thought of just what, what do we really spend all of our money on as a society? Mm. Like, what have we, have we, we weren't prepared for this, like, or like, we're not like, like things are, Certainly it's, 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 it's only, it's, I feel like it's at this point now. And like, I have this weird feeling in America. It's like, it's a, it's a matter of when you get it, not if you get it now. Cause right. it's like, if they really have Easter service, like that's going to be bad. And it's, I don't know. We'll see. It's, that's all we can do. We can just, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll leave it up to the, I can just, all I can do is quarantine and help the community.
1: So you were saying that, yeah, that you, you kind of went on this journey from like DC to california and then you went to thailand and were there for a year was that your first time going back to where your parents are from
0: it wasn't my first time but it was my first time spending any type of extended time there alone like Mm. not with any family like by myself and it was very very much an eye-opening experience for for me just because like in so in america i'm foreign in thailand i'm american right it's a weird the weird weird tightrope i walk you know and so like being in thailand it was it was interesting to be there but then like go from like an american to then feel like a Thai, like thai feel like a part of that country or be like you know 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 where where my roots my ancestry is from mm-hmm. and like, the, like you know know the know the like the land know like the cities. The various like you know mountains and waterfalls and like you know just learning it and just like really taking it in because you know all, all i had was growing up were like not even books like i didn't even get really get books of things till like later in life but like it was like you know just stories my mm-hmm. my dad would tell me and then uh like maybe like some like crazy artwork on my at my like grandma's house i be like, what's the story of this? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, my dad was like, I have no idea. And I'm like, what? My dad, but my my dad my dad would know. He was he, he liked myths and he liked mythology and like all all kinds of mythology. So I grew up in a household. Like I, I I read all Greek myths, Norse myths, like African myths, middle middle uh, Middle Eastern like you know Arabian Nights. Mm-hmm. Like I read like like all these these different stories. But it was like for some reason Thai ones always so hard to come by or, or find.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah.
0: So so going going back was this like just this immersion into just 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 like Thai culture and just what what it was you know, my again my ancestry. Yeah. While I was in Thailand, I realized the great chance I had at like like doing stuff in America and it was like what my parents sacrificed moving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to America. Like oh like holy shit like they 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 started at zero like zero zero like didn't know the language like didn't mm-hmm. know you know like they had to learn how to like drive differently in in, in America you know it's like a whole they they gave up so much to, for the potential of just being of like doing what they what they want
1: yeah and and am I I feel like I've read somewhere and correct me if this is wrong but. Was your father an artist himself?
0: He c- could always draw, mm-hmm. but he didn't, he never, he, he he never like gotten, he never made like great pieces. He like, he would, he could draw, draft anything. He was a very good draftsman. Mm-hmm. And like, he could, he could, uh he did a lot of like woodwork and metalworking. He was like a self-taught gunsmith and smith, And he was like, so my, my handle on, on Instagram, Jungle Asian Redneck is, so Jungle Asian, you know. Uh, you know very vulgar term for someone from Southeast Asia but you know I embrace it because it's like you can't if I embrace it you can't use it against me so yeah. it's like fine I own it and then uh the redneck part is for the like I my dad is just kind of like a country country tie boy so he <laughs> he uh taught me to hunt and camp and fish and you know track things and do like do outdoorsy woodsman stuff you know cut trees make make snare traps and like he could do all he was a jack of all trades master of none. but i don't know in my eyes he was he was pretty he could he made some pretty pretty awesome things like when i was like when i was young he would draw like i could be like hey could you draw me like a seven-headed dragon and he'd like draw this dragon like super quick it would just be like whoa like yeah. just be amazed like blow my mind and then uh and you know he, he did a couple of things but it's, it's it's weird it's like over the years like the things just like kind of they they just like disappeared got lost but we found because we've moved so many times and yeah. and one of the one of the things we did find were like these drawings of like it's like he was he, so my dad was really into hunting and so he would he would draw these like potential like covers of like hunting hunting stories or something <laughs> like that like a like, polar bear like attacking a group of hunters and they're like in this like Pose of like the bears, like roaring, and you know, the hunters are like, Oh, react rea- you know, having a reaction to this polar bear coming into their camp. And the other one's like a pen drawing of a a gore, which is a southeast Asian jungle bull. Mm. Have you, have you ever seen I don't those? Think I've seen Thailand? One. No, if you go, go to next time you're in Thailand, if you go to the eastern part, I believe, like toward Laos, there's there's a mount there's a, there's a there's a certain area there might be like a, a park somewhere it's, a, it's all about boars, but it's these it's these like jungle bulls that are like like the size of small maybe small like small elephants like they're pretty oh my big gosh. They, they can be they can be massive they're like massive like cow like just beefy jungle i don't know they're they're they're, they're it's a they're they're pretty impressive beasts of the jungle that not a lot of people know about
1: I don't, uh, I did not. And I, and I love animals. So uh, I'm always, always for being introduced to a new one.
0: Gore, it's G-A-U-R.
1: Okay. uh, Because I was like, I realized I was thinking if I, um, if I was to look up gore, like mm -hmm. G-O- O-R-E, ore and then bull yeah, it, I would just get a bunch of people yeah. like you know getting their their crashes torn out like
0: yeah nope so. no, no, not that <laughs> not that not that gore not that well gore. this bull could definitely do some damage it's, just, it's like an impressive beast you're like whoa like I didn't know like you think of cows you're like oh they're just like this like soft looking animals sometimes they have like even like the bull the cartoon and it's all beefy but it's kind of dopey this guy's like this bull's like cartoon like steroids
1: amazing pfft. I can't wait.
0: I they're, cannot cool. wait. But uh but yeah. yeah, so so my dad my dad did had some had some skills, but uh and even, even my mom my mom has some painting ability, drawing ability. She can she can whip, whip some things up
1: So you were saying so you've you you've gone to Thailand and then at what point do you end up going to art school? Because you still haven't been there, right? So California, Thailand, and then art school shortly thereafter?
0: It was I went to community college back in Maryland mm-hmm. and I took I took, pr- took print classes cuz my at that point my GPA was dog shit and <laughs> uh, it was it was it was it was trash and so I went to community college to to bump it up cuz you know I was back at my parents place and just like ah, I am I need to to work work again or get things going so I was going to school and I was taking some print classes there just to kind of you know you know work in print and and create a portfolio because at that point I had I didn't have anything to work with so you know just 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 learned just took all the different classes started again with the intro again and then took you know litho the relief printing class etching and actually the funny part is I hated uh relief printing really? when I first started I didn't like it. I don't. I. I think I just like maybe the image I I chose was wrong, or just it just didn't work. And I was like, ah, this is dumb. Whatever. And I just kind of like blew it off. But I really liked etching. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm gonna do etching. So I like really got into etching. So after community college, I went to Micah, and discovered uh the artist Bill Fick mm-hmm. who was like I saw he like visited our our our, uh, our print shop but i couldn't be in there and or i had like a family obligation while he was visiting the camp visiting the campus and so i like everyone had his work and it looked really dope and i was like oh man i missed that like all <laughs> these like, oh, prints and you just like print it on shirts like oh that that's really awesome But i i'm but i'm i'm pissed i missed it but I at that point I, I saw his relief print and so I was like I'm gonna try I'm gonna revisit relief print and and, and give it, give it a go. Then it started. Then that's kind of like the beginning of the end. I haven't been able to really go back to to other, any other form of printing since then. Or I I can do sc- screen printing has become this like commercial thing which I like kind of the deta- it's like I like it but it's like I hate doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it's like I like it but I hate doing it. I don't know. It's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird. Working in a commercial place. It can be it can be eye opening.
1: But so now you're you're I was gonna say so you've you sort of like you've rediscovered or you're really, you know, learned about the magic of what relief can be. Yes. And now your current series is really these quite large lino cuts, you know, forty forty three by twenty three inches mm-hmm. and exceptionally detailed, you know, they really have a uh Peter Bruegel the Elder or kind of a, a feel to them um, or a Hieronymus Bosch kind of a feel and of course much much larger scale than either one of those artists ever worked and they're all a bit monstrous and a bit chaotic and really all about the war on drugs as you mentioned. I would love to hear you talk about how you came to this as a subject matter and as something that you found worthy of dedicating the massive amounts of time that it takes.
0: It's been it's been seven years or seven years. I've been devoted my life to this series. I'm yeah. like, what? How did that? How did that happen? <laughs> there was a two year. One of the prints took two years because that was like, that was a bad. That was a bad two years. It was like it was early in in the in Trump's presidency. It's like ah, oh, like I was just like mentally <laughs> sapped. I just been like, my energy was sapped. but then it, it came back. But so, the war on drugs, it came from... I don't know, it really came through my love of print history. It really started when I first saw uh, Jacques Callot's uh, Miseries and Misfortunes of War mm. uh, in person in this class called The History of Prints, taught by True Ludwig, who is uh, was my academic advisor at MICA. That class changed my life it would really mm-hmm. showed me a what art history class could do and b the insane resource that museums actually are that we don't utilize as like a whole <laughs> like and like we can see and like there's all so much we can be we can get access to uh, that people aren't showing us but through that that class i saw Callow's miseries misfortunes the first print i think it was the the hanging it's this giant tree and there's just bodies hanging from it. And there's like, you see there's a, there's a ladder leaning up against the, the hanging, the, like, you know, the, the branch that the bodies are hanging from. And it's someone they're putting up another one. And then there's a, there's a priest down there, like giving someone their last rites. And then, you know, as you zoom out more, there's, there's, you know, pikemen and all the different types of, you know, warriors dressed up, you know, on this, like witnessing this, this day of like judgment you know for these people mm. and then from there digging more into seeing uh, the disasters of war by Francisco de Goya and then even more more uh, even more modern approach the uh, depravities of war by uh, Sandow Burke and these kind of like they, you know in all those moments they're indic- they're like they're they're very much of their time you know that what was what what Calo was seeing what Goya was seeing, what Sandow was seeing, and it came important to me this idea that the war on drugs should be represented in this way. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was it was a weird. I know it sounds a kind of like minuscule in times of pandemic, but if you think about it, like people who are under who've experienced the war on drugs now experiencing pandemic, it's even crazier for them. Like the world oh, is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's and, and the war the war on drugs is kind of ongoing issue that has been going for like you know six you know 50, 60 years now that or a lot maybe no seventy years now so it's 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 done nothing but weaken the systems. We're jailing too many people. We're not rehabilitating people. we're it's causing it's you know destroying communities like and, it's, and currently now with the opioid epidemic, you know, you're seeing suburban rural communities now being ravaged, but you go back a couple years in like the seventies, eighties, even in the nineties too, heroin was just rocketing, just destroying Baltimore. And it was like starting, it was beginning. It was it was it was in a lot of inner cities too. Like it's not just Baltimore, but was many inner cities were being affected by by the war on drugs, but no one no one gave a fuck. And now, and now with, like, you know, op- with opioids in, in su- su- suburban homes and rural areas, now it's like killing, like, white kids. It's like, oh, we got to get, get up and do stuff now, guys. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah this has been an issue. The, in the drugs themselves. And I know I'm kind of, like, I'm, like, it's making them, it's not even, I don't know, it's making them kind of silly. They're, like, almost, like, you know, clown car I I don't know. It's like, <laughs> that's what I, like, what's going on in my head. Like, all these monsters <laughs> running around our world just like destroying us like to these like goofy like it's just like oh my god because it's like they, they are they have that that type of that you know that effect how 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 like you know and it's not just a uh an, an uh you know a united a american issue it's like it's an everywhere issue every 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 country has issues with drugs you know it's, so it, it's just yeah. become this it's and it's it's all and it's it's something that affects people of all walks of life it doesn't matter how much money you have how much what color you are what what socioeconomic status you are if if you're lgbtqia or you know it doesn't matter it just it like people like we we all have someone know someone lost someone to drugs like it's i describe i describe my work it's almost like a beautiful train wreck is that is um, that a would you say it's like an appropriate statement like it's 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 like so chaotic but I present it in such a way where it's like like in this day and age what I try to do is if I can capture your vision for three minutes maybe I've done that's like that's, I, I'll, mm. I'll take that this day and age because we with the way we consume media and consume things we don't we don't sit and appreciate really take in visual or or, or just art in general you know we are like we're at a time right now where art. There's so much art, so much. It's like, it's like almost overwhelming. You know, I'm sure it's overwhelming. You know, you you have to like, find all these printers and and artists to like kind of like this this series. I don't know. I felt it was something that like I like you know. I was looking around. I was like, a lot of people addressing this, or it's like, and I feel like this would be a good way to potentially address this series, like in the using that that you know sixteen. 16- 15th century carving, kind of medieval style, and just filling it with contemporary yeah. imagery and iconography.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of those images, sort of famous from that time, they are dealing with images of war. You
0: know, mm-hmm. you're talking
1: about Goya's disasters of war, and in terms of Peter Peter Bruchel, it's you're dealing with the Reformation. You so it mm-hmm. is yep. like this this violence, this control the atrocities that are happening, the fallout yeah. from it, the unintended consequences, really all of it.
0: Mis- misery is kind of a constant in, yeah. in our existence. That's what I've really, like, I mean, again, like, I, you know, we are talking earlier about going on this pandemic, like, you know, you can go back and look at work that is about pandemics mm-hmm. or about, about like, you know, atrocities or about, about, you know, like terrible, terrible terrible missteps in human history and you know you you soon realize when you've seen so many of them you realize that some of these things are just unavoidable in our like mm. living our, our 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 existence on this planet because it's like we we just we're con- we, we i don't know we consume and we just like eat and we just ah you know we just again the, why the war on drugs it's it just it is it's a it's it's consumerism it's a different type you know, it fits the different. There's mater- you know, the materialism of, of America. Like I gotta have the nice things. I gotta have, like, I gotta, gotta have the best stuff, the newest stuff. And then, you know, with drugs, you know, especially nowadays, it's like, you know, there's various classes of them now. We have so <laughs> many. There's, there's like desi- designer drugs. It's it's just like there's never ending. We have this appetite that we can't seem to 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 like qu- we can't quench it. We can't like can't feed it. It this is never ending. until that happens like we like the war on drugs really won't won't change until we like actually treat it like a medical a medical issue but i try i try to that's like when i'm showing these things i'm talking with people about the work i try to like i'm always interested to like i try to use it as a jumping point to maybe get them to rethink how they view the war on drugs just maybe just Mm -hmm. like i know it's it's like seems like an overarching kind of like big big reach but i have like I've had moments with, with people who, have, who see the work and just, like, get it. And it's, like, they're not an artist, but they're, like, you know, it's a nurse who works in, like, mm. rural North Carolina. It's just, right. like, I see this every day. It's, like, like holy, like, whoa. And, then, like, having, you know, talk, conversations about it. And it's, it's just using it, again, as a way to catch your eye for for three minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that your work definitely – definitely can do that which is no small feat as you said in the in the current world so Mm -hmm. you mentioned that specifically the you know talking to a nurse who's working in rural north carolina or anything like that would you say that you know actually where you live and work influences what you're doing because it's you know when you were talking about the um the different classes of drugs it's it it just hadn't actually occurred to me before how much drugs are an issue of class. You know the mm-hmm. the um, the twenty three year old college senior with a purse full of Xanax mm-hmm. versus someone who's doing meth versus yep. someone or someone
0: who who's just smoking weed who's or just, someone smoking just smoking weed. Or- Someone snorting coke, like some Wall Street people snorting coke, or just some like frat boys snorting, like just like
1: it's it's,
0: yeah, it's 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 accessibility, you know, and it's like and you know when I was young, it was funny, like my mom was like, we're not gonna send you to the like we're not gonna send you this one school because it's like there's like there's like gangs and all this other stuff, and then like we're gonna send you to other school, but like you know predominantly white, and like I learned. Way more about drugs Mm -hmm. than 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 a a lot of my like I learned more like about the like the basics and then more because it was just like there was so like so many people had access to those things. It was like holy shit, this is a new. This is a new ball game here.
1: Yeah. And and again, of course, you like the whole idea of the war on drugs is is intimately linked to this idea too of who gets punished for it, how much should they get punished for yes. it?
0: I mean, I saw, I've seen, I've seen kids who got, you know, arrested with like a pound of weed and get probation and classes, and I've seen <laughs> kids get arrested with like a gram or an eighth and get get you know the book thrown at them, mm-hmm. and like like you know expelled from school, all this other stuff, and it's just like holy jeez, and it's like. Yeah, if with the more you dig the more upsetting it gets that's true. <laughs> it's one of those it's things true. like oh and and that's what I try like with like with the print with the prints with the series I, I try to like it's almost it's like a, like a fucked up worlds Waldo there's if you know what to look for or know what you're looking at or know the culture or know the the history behind that substance like you know you see things you see things that like oh like in like my most current one the the cocaine hurricane it's all you know it's all it's all about everything cocaine or everything cocaine that i could like you know feasibly fit into a print and seeing all the culture that is like spawned off of it you know the funny stuff the sad stuff but like there's just such a range of of characters and 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 tragedies and so many people involved with them with the, the with the hype and the the shipping of cocaine it's mm. just been like mm-hmm. it's just you know like if you look at the print you know the the hurricane itself i modeled after after pablo escobar because you know, he was the original the original mm. like hurricane to to really you know change the game to a point where it's like People are now getting killed over it, you know, and like and then there's and then, you know, the the levels of uh, of cocaine that were coming were, you know, were destroying communities. You know, it's just like these substances have the footprint of a giant Godzilla like monster. That's why, like, yeah, that's why it's the march, the march of the juggernauts. But...
1: <laughs> and what does he actually have on
0: his teeth
1: in the cocaine hurricane? He's got some words like
0: it says Plato homo. Mm -hmm. and that's it's uh plateau is uh silver and plomo is lead Hmm. and that's what escobar used to say to cops or politicians when he would you know he if he was you know driving a shipment across the border across whatever and you get stopped by police and it's like hey i can you can have my bullets or you can have you know i can silver or lead being either you take my money or you can take my bullet essentially so that's like you know, that's a lot of people are like, "Yep, you can go through, Mister Escobar. Thank yeah. you, like, please, thank you for not killing me today."
1: Yeah.
0: I guess, and so I mean, it, it is a it is a wild world, and it's like it's it's a world we 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 just kind of have let run rampant for oh, like too long. You know, it's done more harm than good at this point. Gotta we gotta address things that need to be addressed that don't. <laughs> I don't think are gonna be addressed anytime soon.
1: Because the war on drugs is something that I think, you know, is present in a lot of people's minds, and and it's been a little bit eclipsed in the way that everything has been a little bit eclipsed, but how every social problem we have just gets completely compounded when no. you add a, a crisis like this. No. So where our attention and our energy runs short, it's this awful irony where we have less of it than usual, yes. But yeah. the, these these problems are accelerated I mean, at the same time that we're sure, running out sure. of less, um yep. battery life for it.
0: Yeah, but I think that there's there's one thing that printers, I think we have like across the board, it doesn't matter. Like printers, we're just kind of like we all experience our ups and downs in print shops, you know. Like we've seen like things go, come and then go, and and seen things flourish, but then things fall it's like you know printers are always we keep going you know we 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 can we don't need this like we can print we can mass produce stuff like you know essentially on a whim like Mm -hmm. you know i like like listening to the the killjoy uh episode and like i love her like like her work is amazing yeah and it's like like you know seeing the posts of the the lino cut stamped uh priority mail stickers like like that's it. Just reminds me, oh man, I need to load up on stickers. i time like, I, I <laughs> say, like, yeah. families, <laughs> you know, the power of the multiple. We don't need a lot to make work prolific, you know, or make it like get it out there or get it into people's hands or get it like you know. We don't. We 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 will continue. You know, printers. We print through pandemics. We we have. We always have. We always will. You know.
1: <laughs> You're right. Well, I think, and I think that printmakers are. By nature, communicators.
0: It's like we have like these we have these really good groups. Like you know, there's these points of contact at the print shop. Like you know you any print shop you've gone to or worked in, it's like you have points of contact there. You know you've like you create you, every time you work in a print shop, and it's like you're of you know you're of that world. You kind of like you're like oh I just made like seven new friends. today like yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. exactly but yeah that, that's really awesome. Like it's really cool to experience because you know especially for me growing up like i think not having that community Mm. like i didn't realize what that community was i actually found it and it was just like oh this this is where i want to be this spot
1: and i think that it just makes printmakers a bit scrappy (laughs) and so and so we will come out on the other side of things
0: the one thing i learned through I mean through all of this even th- even through this you vote you protest when needed and you you just be be a member of your community like mm. know your community know your neighbors know who's around you know like you know what's know what's going on like be a part of it and be try to be a, a more positive impact on you know the people around you rather than like you could just read read everything you know i, I am a doomer i again i, I like I said said earlier, I like love the apocalypse, but you know I could talk you <laughs> red in the face and make you think the world was ending tomorrow. But like I don't believe I like you know I still like 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 I still maintain that you know there are is is hope. You still have to you know you you can make a difference, and it's and even if you do a little bit, like that's more than you know. Like you just just do something, you know. Like my my mom my, 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 my mom always says, have a little, give a little, have a lot. Give a lot mm. so it's like you just you just give back when you can and just take care of others that's just it's just what we, it's what we all you can do
1: so you were talking a little bit before about the ways in which you're using your art and your practice to sort of process what we're in right now and I'm hoping you can speak to that a little bit
0: it's hard I, it, it's hard to because there's so much unknown, but you know again, I think the best way is try to strengthen your community I think that's really you know even though we are isolated we have ways to talk to each other we have ways to you know get out be wacky and still do what you no know, get our wackiness our artness to people like I know sp- speedball right now is doing uh, online print classes if you've watched mm. their if you if you pay attention to what they uh, on their Instagram they have various Artists in the demo artist program, and I think in the the print posse, who are doing uh, classes. Maybe not print posse. I, 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 at least I, the I'm a demo artist for them, so I like I. Could potentially be doing some stuff, but yeah, it's it's. We are, again, we we will adapt. It's what we do. We keep we keep going. We'll find a way. To keep moving on and keep and keep, keep working, and keep living.
1: Absolutely. So where can people find you and follow seeing anything that you're doing with online classes or see some of your incredible work or maybe pictures of your dog?
0: So you can follow me. uh, My Instagram is uh, at jungle underscore Asian underscore redneck. And then I have a website, uh, Raj Banug, R-A-J-B-U-N-N-A-G dot com. Uh, that's where I have like uh, my future exhibitions and current exhibitions and and some of my my most recent pieces.
1: Well, thank you for joining me, thank, and thank and... you for having
0: me. It's been like an honor. I feel like the fact that you like like I was I followed your your print, print uh, podcast for a while, so it's just like this is really cool. Like I like need to get a more print podcast and then. You had reached out.
1: Yeah, I know. I was just, I, it was funny. I It was one of those things when I found your work. I was like, how come I haven't heard of this person before? These are brilliant. So I'm really excited. Thank, thank you for
0: reaching out. That, yeah. that was, that's that, that, like, it was like a big part of 2020. It was like, whoa. <laughs>
1: Good. I'm glad. My
0: Copper f- Lime wants to wants talk with me?
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we all need some highlights for 2020.
0: For sure. For sure. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. Now, you know, we got to, yeah, we got to really, 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 really celebrate those highs and like, really. Yeah. And, and yeah. And be together. That's it. In order to be together, but be away. Definitely. I mean, you know? <laughs> Excellent.
1: Well, well, thank you again. Well, that's our show for this week. Join me again next week when my guest will be John Hancock. John is actually, if you don't already know John, you're just going to have to tune in next week. I'm not going to do a spoiler for this one. I think you'll see what I mean. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing help from Timothy Powshock, and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week.